Mike and Amy, thank you so much. What a blessing getting to know them and now to have them with us as a congregation. I'm just so grateful for the way that God is leading and the way God is moving. As we study God's word this morning, I'd like you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at a number of verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but our text for this morning is simply verse 15. Next week, we are going to begin our Christmas praise and celebration, our month-long emphasis on celebrating Christmas. But this morning, we want to bring together on this Thanksgiving weekend, this Thanksgiving series that I've been sharing with you, focusing on being thankful for the attributes of God. And I know not everyone was there, but so thankful for last Sunday night and so grateful for those people who came forward in our Thanksgiving praise service and gave testimony, gave praise to God for one of his attributes. And, and they, they, each and every one of them put so much thought and prayer into that. I was humbled as a pastor to see the kind of thought that they put in to wanting to praise God for who he is. And this morning we are going to focus on one more attribute. It is the attribute that probably we are most grateful for on a daily basis. The attribute that we find we most need every day and that is the grace of God. And the theme, the big picture for this morning's message, what I want you to walk away with, I'll tell you right away this morning, is that because of the grace of God, we are to be filled with thanksgiving. And when we are filled to thanks, with thanksgiving, God is glorified. We are to immerse ourselves in the grace of God, which results in our thanksgiving, which results in the glory of God. And so in 2 Corinthians 4.15, Paul is making this argument, which we'll look at in the message, and he comes to the end, to this crescendo, to this mountaintop, and he says, for it is all for your sake, speaking to the Corinthians, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Well, our first point this morning is a thankful heart and the glory of God. Whenever God blesses us, that blessing is never an end in itself. God doesn't just bless you to bless you. He blesses you so that your heart will be filled with thanksgiving and he will be glorified. Because when God is glorified, it brings our soul, our emotions its greatest delight, its greatest joy. There is nothing that will pump adrenaline into your being, into your mind, into your soul, into every part of you than giving glory to God. Do you know why that is? Because that's why you were created. That's why you exist. You were created. You sit here this morning. You exist on the face of the earth to bring glory to God. 
He created you for himself, and as you bring him glory, it fills you with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. So God didn't just save me to keep me from hell. Oh, don't misunderstand this morning. I'm, I'm glad that he saved me from his wrath. I'm so thankful this morning that I have been rescued from God's eternal condemnation upon those who remain in their sin and rebellion. I am thankful for that, but that's not an end in itself. He saved me to bring glory to him, to know him, to walk with him, to be with him every single day that my soul, that my mind, that my emotions might find their greatest delight in him. God doesn't just supply my needs so that I will be taken care of again. I am so glad he supplies my needs. I am so glad that he takes such good care of me and such good care of my family. But he doesn't do that as an end in itself. He does it so that my heart might rejoice in him, that I might know the joy of the Lord and that I might give to him thanksgiving and praise resulting in his glory and honor. God doesn't bring friends into my life just so I won't be lonely. Oh, I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful for my best friend, my wife. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for my church family. I am thankful for all the close friends that God has given to me. But that is not an end of, it in a, of itself. I have relationships, deep, personal relationships because God is so good to me and so good to you. And I am to be filled with thanksgiving so that God will be glorified because of all the friendships that I have in my life. So the blessings that I receive from God are never an obligation on his part. I know you know this, but I'm going to repeat it again. God doesn't owe us anything. The only thing he owes us is his wrath. Everything else we have is a grace gift from him. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me my salvation. He doesn't owe me a roof over my head and food on my table. He doesn't owe me companionship, but he gives them to me because he loves me so much and he cares about me so much that he gives me these grace gifts. So every blessing God bestows upon me is an undeserved and unmerited gift. Everything. It's not like your paycheck. You get a paycheck from your employer because you've worked X number of hours and there is an obligation on the part of your employer to pay you, so you do one thing, he does another. You both play your part. That's not how it is with God's grace gifts. Everything we have in our lives, he gives us because he loves us and bestows his grace upon us. Folks, every breath you breathe is a gift from God. The fact that you're sitting here today, you were able to get out of bed and to come and to be healthy or have some measure of health this morning, it is all a gift from God. Every thought that I think, 
is a gift from God. When I minister to or meet with someone who is suffering or struggling with Alzheimer's or dementia, I realize that my thoughts are a gift from God that may not always be there. I need to be thankful that I can think, that I can think about him. Every word that I speak, everything that I do is a gift from God. My wife, my children, my church family, everything that I have is a gift from him. There is a phrase that is unbiblical and is way overused in our culture and probably every culture around the world. And that phrase is, I deserve. I deserve. How often do we hear that? I deserve this or I deserve that. We just came out of this contentious political environment in our country. Excuse me. And whether it was the Democrats or the Republicans or the Green Party or the Libertarians or the Socialists or the Anarchists, everybody was saying, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And as a Christian, as a child of God, as those born again by the Spirit of God, we are to be distinct from the world. We are to be set apart, we are to stand out from the world and one of the ways we stand out the most is by being grateful and thankful. It's not I deserve, it is thank you. I am so grateful God for what you do for me. Even in the little things of life we are to do this and a Christian should be one of the most thankful people on earth. Earth, we go to a restaurant and the waitress waits on us. And yes, it's her job. And yes, we're going to pay her. But you know what? We say thank you anyway. We're grateful for her service. Whether she was kind to us or not, whether she was having a good day or a bad day, the child of God says, Thank you. I'm grateful for your service today. We say thank you to our employer. Yes, we have worked for our earnings, for our paycheck, but we say thank you. I want you to know I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm, I'm thankful to be able to earn a living. You see, I'm receiving something that I would not have without him without God's goodness and God's grace. We think of that incredible verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 where it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Oh, he was rich. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, the owner of all the wealth in all of the universe, Yet for our sakes, he became poor. He became poor for me. He became a man. He set aside his glory. We're going to spend all of next month talking about that. Sets aside his glory. 
He becomes a substitute. He becomes a sacrifice so that I may become rich, so that I may have salvation, so that I may have forgiveness, so that I might be adopted into the family of God, so that I may know in a very personal and intimate way the true and the living God. And Paul says, for you know, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if I truly understand the undeserved nature of God's blessings, then my heart will be filled with thanksgiving and God will be glorified. When I truly understand that I don't deserve a thing and every morsel of food on my table, every beat of my heart, every experience of every day is a gift from Him, I will be filled with thanksgiving and he will be glorified. Think again about verse 15. For it is all for your sake so that his grace extends to more and more people. It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I was listening to one of Al Mohler's briefings this week and he was sharing how ungratefulness is at the very heart and soul of man's fall, of mankind's rebellion against God. In Romans 1, it says that even though they knew about God, they did not acknowledge him as God, nor did they give him thanks. Thanklessness, ungratefulness, is at the very heart and soul of our sin and something that we must constantly seek God's help in overcoming. Well, our second point this morning is three examples. In this text, God gives us, or excuse me, Paul gives us three specific examples of the undeserved, unmerited grace of God. Paul's ministry as an apostle and as a messenger of the gospel was an undeserved gift from God. Look at verses one and two. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The Apostle Paul, one of the most brilliant thinkers in the history of mankind, says, I have this ministry by the mercy of God. The only reason I have this ministry is because of God's grace. John Piper tells the story that when he first went into the ministry, one of his former professors sent him a letter. And this letter said, as you go into ministry, Always remember 2 Corinthians 4.1. Your ministry will be as much a gift of undeserved mercy as was your salvation. Have you ever thought about that? Your ministry will be as much a gift of undeserved mercy as was your salvation. My ministry on behalf of Christ for the sake of his name is an undeserved, unmerited gift of God's grace. If you are a leader in Awana and you have the privilege of ministering to little children every Wednesday night, know this, that is a gift from God. 
you don't deserve that. It's not because God looked down and said, wow, she is really something. I want to use her in Awana. Or he is really something. I think, I'm sure hoping he'll sign up to work in Awana. No, it's not that way at all. You're only there because God has given you the gift, the kindness of ministering to precious, tender children. If you are an advisor at Beacon of Hope and you get to share the gospel there and you get to counsel with those who come to the beacon, it is a gift from God. When you share the gospel with anyone, it is only because God has given you the gift of being able to share his free gift of salvation with others. So remember, in every ministry that you are involved in, whether you sing up front, whether you usher, whether you teach or lead a small group or a Sunday school class, whatever it is that you do for ministry, it's a gift from him for which we are to be thankful. And so as we think of our different ministries and spiritual gifts, there should be constant thanksgiving that overflows to the glory of God. Second example that he gives. He says the power that, res it says, the power that resided within Paul, the power that allowed him to preach and teach and minister was an undeserved gift from God. Look at verses seven through 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Look again at verse 7. But we, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We are frail human beings, jars of clay, but the living and resurrected Christ lives within us. And his power resides in us and flows through us. Have you ever thought, you insignificant, minuscule you have the power of God residing in you? You do. Whether you feel it or not or realize it or not, you do because of his grace, because of his kindness and his mercy. And so the quest of the Christian life is to die to self, that that power might manifest itself and reveal itself in and through us. Let me die to me so that Jesus might be so real through me. Let his life flow through me. We think of that classic verse that many of you have probably memorized, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have died with Christ. To Paul saying to the Galatians I've died with Christ. I don't live anymore but Christ lives in me. So the life I live 
The life I live every day, I live by faith in the Son of God. And as I think about the power of God residing in me and through me, it is to result in thanksgiving overflowing to the glory of God. Third example he gives. Paul's salvation and the salvation of everyone in the Corinthian church was an undeserved gift from God. Verses 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing, watch this, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Oh, Corinthians, do you realize that we have believed and that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence? Do you realize one day we're all going to stand in the presence of God because of his free, unmerited, undeserved gift of grace called salvation? Oh, it is true, for by grace you have been saved. And this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one, so that no one can boast. Do you know what excites Paul? The prospect of standing before Christ. Surrounded by those he was able to lead to Christ and to disciple in Christ. That they would stand together undeserving men and women, boys and girls who will stand before God because they have received the gift of salvation. What a motivation for our own evangelism. Let us share this gift with others so that they might also know him, so that they might also thank him, so that they might also bring glory to his name. And as we think of our salvation, which we should which we should think about every day. May it result in thanksgiving that overflows to the glory of God. Well, that brings us again to verse 15, and I want you, I want you this morning to see with me the logic and the flow of what Paul is saying here. My ministry is because of the grace of God and the grace of God alone. The power in me is because of the grace of God and the grace of God alone. I have salvation, a salvation I've shared with you because of the grace of God and the grace of God alone. And may it all result in this great sense of thanksgiving that overflows to the glory of God. And so he says, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may result or it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Well, our third and final point is God's grace in your life. I would encourage you to immerse yourself in seeking to understand the grace of God. What does it mean? Today, tomorrow, when I get out of bed, what does it mean that everything I have is a gift of grace from God. What does that mean? Every breath, every thought, every action, every relationship. At Thanksgiving, we love to say and, think, and, and sing 
count your blessings, name them one by one, and that is a really good thing to do. But do you realize all of those blessings, every single one of those blessings, is an unmerited, undeserved gift from God? You only have them because of him. So as you grasp the grace of God, allow your heart to be filled with thanksgiving. Actually recite to him in your devotions as you go about your day. Recite to him how thankful you are for his grace gifts that you have. Delight yourself in the thought that heartfelt thanksgiving in a child of God will overflow to the glory of God. When there is genuine, sincere, heartfelt thanksgiving in you, God is glorified. God is praised. So let us have minds and hearts and souls and beings that are filled every single moment of every single day with gratefulness. As you delight in the goodness of God, he is glorified. And remember this, our delight, our joy in God's glory, our brothers, they are twin towers. As we delight in the Lord, he is glorified. When he is the treasure of our lives, when we love him more than life itself, God is glorified. They are beautiful biblical companions. The great missionary Hudson Taylor who served for so many years in China came to the end of his life after enduring, and if you know about Hudson Taylor, you know that he endured so many hardships, so many tragedies in his own family, in his own life. And Hudson Taylor comes to the end of his life and he says, I never made a sacrifice. And you say, how could he say that? How could Hudson Taylor, with all that he went through and the labors that he endured in China for all of those years, how could he say, I never made a sacrifice? Do you know how he could say that? Because he understood the grace of God. His salvation was a gift from God. His ability to minister to the precious people of China was by the enabling power, the grace gift of God to be there. And through all of his hardships and all of the tragedies that he had gone through, he understood it was all because of God's grace that he was able to minister and to see people come to the Savior and oh, he will one day stand before the throne with his Chinese brethren and they will rejoice together. Let our hearts, let our minds be filled with thanksgiving for the grace of God. What an attribute. Let's pray together. Father, help us to immerse ourselves in your grace, in your mercy, and in your kindness to us. Oh Lord, make us, the people of this congregation, the people of First Baptist Church, 
the most thankful people in the world. May we be grateful to you every moment of every day, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.